Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the ninth annual Talking Comics Awards. It's December 23rd, episode number 474. And this is the second of our nomination podcasts, wherein we discuss our nominees for this year's Talking Comics Awards ceremony. I am your hostmaster, Steve Say, and joining me for this year's awards proceedings, of course, is Mr. Bob Ryer. Well, after that last episode, I've been rewatching The World at War, so I'm ready now. <laughs> Mr. Joey Regino. I'm so ready for Christmas! Mr. Aaron Amos. Tim Ball is my rap name. <laughs> Ms. Sarah Miles. Bah humbug. Indeed, I say <laughs> bah humbug as well. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. Everything is fine. The world is not on fire. <laughs> How would we know? We're recording all of these in a row. And so we're just, we're, you know, something could have happened by now. We would have no idea. So, Oh man, do not tempt fate. It is 2020. Don't even yeah. joke about this. Ah. You're a, yeah. You, you get a murder hoarder right up your nose. Yes. Oh <laughs> all right. So we got, we got lots of comics, lots of creators and lots of uh, things to get to. This episode, I am going to read you the categories for this particular episode, this round. And if I had my – there, here we go. Okay. So this podcast, we will be doing the best ongoing series, best original graphic novel, and best story arc categories. But before we do any of that, Bob – is going to give his special mention for the year. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. I will preface this by saying that during the course of a year, I hammer DC Comics a lot. They they have many missteps, so does everybody else, but despite the fact that I'm more of a Marvel zombie, I've been reading DC Comics since the early 1960s, and it's a company that that controls the three greatest superheroes ever created in, in Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, they managed not to always act so heroically in terms of their readership and creators and all sorts of things. All that said, when they do something right, they really do it well. And I want to point out, for special mention, their line of young adult original graphic novels. Across the board, these have been engaging, diverse in terms of characters and creators, easily accessible to young readers, sold in bookstores and comic shops. And if you give one as a gift, the person you give it to always seems to light up. So let me just speak specifically of Nancy Spears, who is in charge of sales for that, and Michelle Wells, who is the vice president for young readers. 
both of whom are moving around in the company. Let's hope that their vision begins to seep through the rest of the, the company. But and if you're looking for a gift, it is still it's only December twenty third. You still got a shot. You may it may need Amazon Prime to get it, but there's always a bookstore. If you're if you have a young fan who's seen some of these movies or seen the animated features and is interested in the super heroic or just the plain old heroic, Lois Lane, the Friendship Challenge, Diana, Princess of the Amazons, Zatanna, and the House of Secrets. We've got the Oracle Code. They're all a lot of fun, and not only for young readers, for this old one, too. So kudos to the DC Young Readers people. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Bob. That's awesome. Ah, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, I say so many bad things, it's nice to say something good about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those books have definitely been uh, bright spots in a, in a very rough year. For, for comics and for people in general. And it's nice to know that they're there if you need to read something and put a smile on your face. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. <laughs> Best. Sorry. <laughs> Is that you, Bob? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I'm, I'm frightened now. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Best ongoing series. Oh, Who's gonna? Uh, you know what, Bob? Since you gave that that tremendous tackle, yeah. Why don't you, uh, our, our resident uh, villain over here? Why don't you give us your picks? Well, I was hoping you would say that. I was hoping that maniacal demonic laughter would be the lead in, <laughs> the lead in to talking about Black Magic by Greg Rucka and Nicholas Scott. Yeah. A book that gets deeper and weirder and more intense and more saucy. As we go on, the characters grow and change. We ended this last arc on a tremendous cliffhanger, something we've been waiting 16 issues to see as Rowan, I think, really takes ownership of who she is and what she is. Just just brilliant on, on every level. A return... To, the, to these lists that hasn't in a long time, and I know many of us here are very happy I, that I can say that my, one of my picks for best ongoing series is Fantastic Four. Hmm. Dan Slott, R.B. Silva, a lot of other, uh, Paco Medina, through the year, even in the midst of an event, managed to tell great Fantastic Four stories, cosmic and family, bringing in guest stars from way back in FF history. And Dan Slott, Having done Silver Surfer, I think Steve and I particularly thought he was going to get this right, and I think he really has. So, Fantastic Four. And then finally, and Steve, I know at a certain point you talked about it being, maybe because of the year it was, that it's about continued excellence. Mm-hmm. And to, th- to throw a, a sports analogy into this mix, LeBron James might be the best basketball player to ever put on a pair of sneakers. He should be the most valuable player every year, and yet he's not because people sometimes look for the new thing. And I was guilty of that here. I was looking all over the place. What should I pick? And no, what I'm going to pick for my third is pretty deadly. This last arc, The Rat, is just a stupendous five issues out of what's been even one of the most unique series I have ever read in the 50-odd years I've been reading comic books. 
It is about the power of redemption and friendship and loss and obsession. The words and pictures by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Emma Rios just blend together into this world of its own that is unlike anything that's come before. So those are my three. Wow, Bob, with the with the curveball. Mm. That pretty deadly curveball. <sighs> All right. Wow. Oh God. Every one of these categories is so agonizing. <laughs> Are you laughing at me? You get to go now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I laughed. I've learned a trick there from Bob. Um, okay. Best ongoing series. I am going to throw down Something is Killing the Children. Yes! <laughs> it's the correct response. <laughs> I am going to put some money behind Sarah and the Royal Stars. Mm-hmm. And then... No, do you know what? Let's go for it. Once and future. Yes! Yes, knew that was coming. Good job. Oh, Sarah, you're making it easy for me. That's what I do, Joey. That's what I do. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Aaron. All right. I had to do a couple of uh, swaps and switches here because I realized that Far Sector is not an ongoing, so I, that's why I changed my vote before. Ah. So... Um, I got a couple things here. I'm going to throw one up here and we're going to see how that lands. But um, I'm going to throw in for Fantastic Four. Because I heard it on my list and I agree. Um, Black's Magic mm-hmm. as well. And then it's a, it's a toss up here. Is it, well, okay. So I was going to throw in Young Justice, but it was canceled. It's okay. You could. Um, you can still count. Yeah. It, it was on. It was an ongoing series. Yeah. Okay. Oh god, that actually just made it harder. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, no. Um. Mm, so this is three of five. Oh boy. All right. So Black Magic, Fantastic Four. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm gonna say excellence. Okay. Steve, why don't you go next? <laughs> I don't want to go at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> you better go because I'm already like thinking about changing my mind. I just, I, 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 it gets to the point where I've heard, I've heard some of the stuff that's already on my list, and I can't decide whether to double down or to say something else entirely to try and get more stuff on the list. But then I see how long these lists are, and I'm just like, oh god. Um, absolutely. If I could, go ahead. Go ahead. You could always add things as extras. You know, just to talk about. No. Them. No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Well, um, since I couldn't nominate it in the other category, John Constantine Hellblazer Woo-hoo. for best ongoing, for sure. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go with Daredevil. Uh, Chip Zdarsky and companies, uh, Chichetto and 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 all of them. I know I just caught up with it, and I know I just read it like last week or whatever. But as an ongoing series, I honestly, Chip Zdarsky has been a force to be reckoned with for a while now in the writing department, and I think this might be his best. It is intense. It is ground level. 
and it is it is doing things in superhero comics that I find very affecting and just incredible, incredible character work and something that doesn't feel like it's bogged down by other stuff going on in the universe. Daredevil very much feels like its own thing uh, a vast majority of the time. And I just found it to be a lot of fun. So, mm. all right. So, Constantine, Daredevil, and do it once in future. Yes. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh yeah. Well, I have a strategy. I have a strategy because we already so, have we already have two for Black Magic. So, so what's on this list so far? Fantastic um, Four, Black Magic. Excellence, Something's Killing the Children, Sarah and the Royal Stars, Once in Future, Daredevil, John Constantine, Hellblazer, and Pretty Deadly. And Once in Future, Black Magic, and Fantastic have two votes already? They have two votes each, yes. All right. So then I am going to blow this wide open. Hey. My votes are four. Wonder Woman. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Even I wouldn't have led with that, Joey. Nicely done. My votes are for Something is Killing the Children. Bitter Root. Oh, yes. And my original vote was going to be for Immortal Hulk. Uh, Al Ewing and Joe Bennett's crazy, crazy iteration of of the Hulk mythos. Um, if you haven't been reading that book, it shows up on everybody's best of lists, and I think deservedly so. It is a wonderful experiment in the Hulk uh, mythology. All your favorite Hulk characters come back. It is disgusting. Like it is like you read that book, and I am <laughs> utterly shocked at every page turn. Um, so my original vote was going to be for Immortal Hulk, um, and readers. I mean, listeners, you should you should check that out. It's on Marvel Unlimited. I think it's actually all caught up on Marvel Unlimited. So if you have that, you can read it there. But since I don't think that's going to get a lot of um, leeway here on the list, I will vote for John Constantine Hellblazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Machinations. Yeah. I mean, that, that gives us five with two votes each. Just yes, saying. Does. It does. I'm just saying. It does. Did, do we want to? Is that the g- easiest category we've ever done? <laughs> well, let's. Why don't we? Why don't we take a look at what what has double votes and see if we're if we're comfortable with it? Well, it would I be could... nice to get out of a category unscathed and just move on. <laughs> but yeah. we want to make sure that everything gets its due as well. And for the record, my fourth vote was also for Once in Future. So that is something that I can very easily get behind as well. As as would I, because that was in the second five. My other two votes were Young Justice and Justice League Dark, but I realized no one has read it. And- <laughs> no, I'm reading Justice League Dark, and I was hoping that you would nominate it so that I could like justify oh, my reading of it. That's really – I was like – that's what I was going back and forth between Excellence and Justice League Dark. I was like, oh. Um, but but, we're, uh, but I, I saw Excellence, and I was like, okay, so we're already reading Excellence because Brandon Thomas was nominated for Breakthrough Writer. If you don't know that, everyone should go back and listen to the last nominations episode. Um 
but uh, Justice League Dark, I'm like slowly making my way through it. I'm at the witching hour now, which Ooh. is like, I'm, I'm kind of upset that it's like this crossover. I kind of just wanted to read Justice League Dark straight through, but I'm digging it so far. Ooh, now he's going to make me change. All right, kinda, so it, it won't matter, though, even if I change it. So no, much. it won't matter. It won't matter. Yeah. So what do we have with double votes? Black Magic, John Constantine Hellblazer, Fantastic Four, Once in Future, Something's Killing the Children. I mean, I'm I'm totally cool with that list. If anybody else wants to fight for something that they feel is getting left behind. I would, but I'll wait. Okay. Uh, is everybody cool with this? Do we want to just lock it in? I say so. I mean, everything that's been mentioned is an amazing book and should all totally be read, but I am happy with those five. I think that's an amazing list. All right. So why don't we just, why don't we do this? Why don't we lock this in? But one more time, let's read all of them again so that everybody knows the other what books. they should be picking up. Yeah. Okay. Aaron had Fantastic Four, Black Magic, and Excellence. Joey had Something's Killing the Children, Bitterroot, John Constantine, Hellblazer. Sarah also had Something's Killing the Children, Sarah and the Royal Stars, and Once and Future. Steve doubled on John Constantine, Hellblazer. Actually, he was the first pick. Daredevil, also Once and Future. I had Black Magic, Fantastic Four, and Pretty Deadly. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. I did not <laughs> anticipate... That being yeah. so easy. We're all just hey, shocked Steve. into silence. Steve, yeah. don't What's say up? I never did nothing for you, all right? Hey, look, <laughs> man, uh, you got to know when to bend the knee, you know? Oh. And uh, here we wow. go. I'd you know got, what? I'd I rescind it. my support I, for help. Right. right. <laughs> if, if, Joey, if Joey had picked something else, we'd be going at it still. So, Bob, um, I'm sorry. One more, one more time, and then we're going to move on. Are these – they're locked in now. Yeah. Black Magic, Fantastic Four – John Constantine, Hellblazer, Once in yes. Future, Something's Killing the Children. Oh, I can't wait for you all to read Constantine. It's so good. It really is. It's so good. I'm excited to reread it. That's how good it is. Oh, yeah. I He's went back a, and I, I reread a bunch of issues before this, uh, before these recordings and poof. <laughs> He's a character that I've always loved, and he's in Justice League Dark, which, again, on Aaron's mm-hmm. recommendation, I've been reading on, on yeah. DC Universe. This and, is uh, – oh, go ahead. I know. I like him there, so I'm looking forward to reading him in the uh, main series. This is I've. This is a way of reading that character that I personally have never read before. I mean, I might not be the best judge, seeing as I've only read a handful of things with John Constantine being involved. But like I said earlier in the other podcast – it's so smart while also being a whole bunch of other things. It's, it's one of those total package series in my opinion. Um, yeah. I'm really glad that I made this list because it's, I think you're all going to really enjoy it. All right. Well, if I don't, <laughs> well, if you don't, then you know, you, you put it at the, the bottom of your list. That's how it works. All right. All right, we are. Don't we are say I on. never did nothing for you. We're That's moving all. on. So our next category is best original graphic novel. I'm out. Wait, wait, wait. Can I just clarify something before yeah. you move on? Yeah. You keep saying best original graphic novel. Um, d- does that mean that it has to be an original story, or does a graphic novel adaptation of another text count? No, no, not a reprint. 
God ki- God loves man okay. kills coming out again in a special just, edition wouldn't count as an, just, an original graphic novel. That's what I assumed. I just wanted to make sure for everybody that that was right. clear because there was, I think, one very, very, very good adaptation of something else. Oh, that's on my list. It's a graphic novel format. That's on my list. Don't worry. Uh, that I, I, I hope is eligible. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, 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 I got you. I got you. All right. So uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it here. Joey, I want you to go first. Okay, I have 15 nominations. (laughs) (laughs) This is, and just to Um, to clarify. So we get five. um, This is a 10. Right, we pick five. This is a a five? We pick pick five, five but there's 10 total. Okay, and there's 10 total. Okay. Okay. All right, so banking on some of the nominations from my colleagues here around the table, here will be my five selections for this first round of deliberations for the best graphic novel. The first of many. (laughs) Um, I would like to first raise uh, The Impending Blindness of Billy Scott by Zoe Thorogood. I talked about this book probably four months ago or so, four or five months ago on the show. Uh, This was a beautiful, beautiful first graphic novel from Zoe uh, Zoe Thorogood. Um, about a young woman named Billy Scott, who is an artist um, who really wants to break into the industry and gets this wonderful offer to open a gallery showing. And because of a kind of ill-fated evening, starts going blind. Um, And that story alone, I think, is worth reading this book. But uh, Thorogood's artwork is just astounding and wonderful. And the way that she captures... um, uh, Billy Scott's kind of uh, anxiety and panic over losing her sight visually, I think is, is really engaging. So this was one that was just a wonderful surprise for me this year. And I think uh, uh, worth putting on this list. Um, I will also put heavy vinyl Y2KO on this list. Carly Usden and, and Nina uh, Vaqueva, I think. I can't read my own on my own handwriting. Um, we all loved heavy vinyl, Fight Club, whatever the hell it was called <laughs> when it first came out. Um, we were a little bummed when they didn't announce a, a second arc, but uh, they published the entire second arc as a single original graphic novel. Tons of fun, tons of fun returning to this universe, tons of fun flashing back to Y2K uh, as well, um, and and just as engaging and, and just as fun with these characters. Um, I'll also nominate The Magic Fish uh, by Chong, uh, Chong Lin Nguyen on this one. Beautiful, beautiful book about um, a young Vietnamese-American um, boy and his... Uh, Vietnamese mother who's a refugee from the war as they try to kind of reconcile their two views of the world through the only common thing that they have, which is fairy tales and stories. Um, You add in a a beautiful kind of coming out story into this as well. And I think you have a really wonderful graphic novel. Again, also a debut graphic novel from uh, Nguyen here. What is that? Three I did. Uh, I'll also nominate Pulp from Brubaker and Phillips and Dragon Hoops, because it is the best thing <laughs> ever written, and I want to make sure that it gets uh, it uh, in on this first round of uh, conversation. So Dragon Hoops, Jean Luen Yang, talked about this on the show. Um, it is a, a wonderful, wonderful opus from Yang, who's been working in the industry for so long uh, in superhero comics, but also in his graphic novel work. Um, writer, artist on this, his cartooning style is, is spectacular. And that's not even talking about the content, which is about 
a the the boys basketball team at his school that he ta- taught at um, around 2014-2015 as they try desperately to finally win the championship game in California. Um, and Yang does an amazing job of capturing why high school sports is such a big thing and high school basketball in particular for these boys. Uh, he gets to know them. He, he, he paints them so eloquently in the book. Um, and you pair that with this essentially kind of like memoir element of this work as well, where his exploration into the dragons, the team at the school parallels some really big moments in his own life. Um, Mm-hmm. You combine that also with his deep research into the history of basketball and yeah. you have this incredible book that attains things that, frankly, no other graphic novel I've ever read does. So I think Dragon Hoops, if it doesn't end up on our best of year list, it's going to end up on everybody else's. Um, so I think Dragon Hoops is definitely one of the best mm-hmm. things I've ever read, let alone one of the best graphic novels of the year. So that was my Pitches, bitches, let's go. <laughs> wow. Okay. I just want to say while we're while it's in the discussion and while we're talking about it, I'm also reading Dragon Hoops and absolutely love it as well. It does this on top of everything else that it does uh, impressively. It's also got really great repeated beats. Uh, Joey, you'll know what I'm talking about, about characters kind of taking that first step into new territory or something yes. as simple as a handshake having to evolve over time because of the awkwardness of two different people on two different sides of the tracks trying to come together on a project and and be you know beneficial to one another in the creative process. Yeah. And yeah, just little little flavors like that throughout a much more epic story and and taking something I enjoyed basketball growing up but I don't I don't follow sports. I don't, I don't have favorite teams. I don't, I don't do anything like that, but this book has managed to keep me really, really engaged in the sport of basketball and a lot of the, the teamwork things, meeting these, these players and learning some of the history behind the game. And it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful book so far. I'm a couple hundred pages into it and uh, yeah, have just enjoyed it the whole way. And, and I'm really looking forward to finishing it later this evening. Uh, so yeah, we I call just... those motifs in the business. Oh, <laughs> the business, the business, the business, the business, uh, man. Now I want to sing tribe called quest, but I won't. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, can you, wait, can I know you bullet, bullet dodged, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, woo. so pass on me, but Joe, can you repeat yours again? Yeah, I had The Magic Fish by Trong Lin Nguyen. I had Heavy Vinyl Y2KO from Carly Usden and Nina Vaqueva. The Impending Blindness of Billy Scott by Zoe Thorogood. Dragon Hoops from Jean Luen Yang. And Pulp by Ed Baker and Sean Phillips. Got it. Oh, I didn't read any graphic novels that, did, that came out this past year, so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what's going to happen with my, my colleagues here. Do you want to go later? Do you want to hear some more before you weigh down? Yeah, you can either go later or you can vote for all five of mine right hey, now. Hey, 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 hey. He can go later. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to wait to hear what my all colleagues right, say. Sarah, why don't you uh, why don't you give us your nominees? Okay. So, I can virtually guarantee that at least 3 if not 4 of my books won't make it onto the last list. So, I'm going to open with the one that has to be on this list because it made me cry so hard. Um that is Eat and Love Yourself from Sweeney Boo. Ah, uh, yes. 
I talked about this on the show. It is, um, it's kind of magical realism. It's about a girl who finds a magic chocolate bar. And when she eats a bite of the chocolate bar, it takes her back to moments in her past. And it deals with her relationship with food and with disordered eating and the effect that parental expectations have on your appearance and how that can then play into basically the rest of your life and how trying to look the way society tells you you should look has an impact on your mental health. And also there's a magic chocolate bar. So, you know, that's <laughs> pretty much amazing. Um, I absolutely adored this book. I talked about it on the show. Um, I actually had some people get in touch after that show and kind of thank me for talking about my relationship with food because I've not always had a good relationship with food and I have had disordered eating before. Um, and I think it's a really important book for that reason because it does open up those conversations and it does allow you to kind of examine um, not only how you deal with food, but also, you know, how people expect you to look a certain way and how that can have an impact on you and how that can then impact on your friendships and your familial relationships. So for me, it's a super important book and I really, really, really want it on this list. Um, my next one is called Juliet Takes a Breath. I don't know if anyone else has read this. It is from Gabby Rivera and Celia Moscote. It's adapted from a Gabby Rivera novel, so I'm hoping that it's allowed. Basically, it is about um, a Puerto Rican lesbian who comes out to her parents in the Bronx and then goes to Portland, Oregon to um, work for this crazy feminist author who wants to destroy the patriarchy and it turns out that actually the author isn't what this girl's expecting Um and it's just this beautiful coming of age story about being queer and being Latino and finding your place in the world and realizing that no matter how alone you feel, there are other people out there for you. And it's just beautiful. It's a really, really lovely book. Um, and it does not pull any punches. Um, as a white feminist, you kind of read it and go, oh, shit, <laughs> I need I need to do better. I need to do better. And it's and it's brilliant just for that reason. Um, so everybody should read it for that. Uh, Bog Bodies, I mentioned in the first um, first show from Declan Shalvey. Bog Bodies is uh, very Irish. It's about three just kind of really awful people who are sort of gangsters and they go out into the countryside um, and... It kind of reminded me of In Bruges in a way. I don't know if anyone's seen In Bruges, but love it. Oh, yes. love it. just kind of the 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 idea of the really incompetent gunman who doesn't really want to be doing what he's doing, but kind of is because he's just had a bit of a terrible life. Um, but I thought Bog Bodies was really clever, and it's just got this mad old woman who lives out in the middle of nowhere and like keeps offering to make people tea, which I think is hilarious. Um, my fourth pick is Victor and Nora, A Gotham Love Story, which is one of those DC All Ages books that Bob mentioned at the start of the show. Um, this one is about a couple of teenagers who meet each other and fall in love ac across the course of a summer. I did talk about it briefly on a show earlier in the year. Um, obviously, being Victor and Nora, they are eventually destined to become Mr. Freeze and his 
frozen dead wife. Oh. Um, but it's really beautiful because the, the the idea behind it is that Nora knows that she is going to, she has a degenerative illness and she knows it's going to kill her and she makes a very big decision about how to live her life because of that fact. And then Victor comes along and he lives his life a certain way because of the death of his brother and they meet and they just kind of collide and it's like two forces of nature hitting each other and it's just beautiful. Um, and it's an all ages book and it deals with some really big weighty topics in a very clever way. Um, and then my final book has the incredibly long title of Mr. Doyle's Class Presents a Study in Scarlet, um, which may or may not be to do with the fact that they couldn't just call it a study in Scarlet because they weren't allowed because of Sherlock Holmes. Um which basically is, it's like a reimagining of the original Sherlock Holmes story, A Study in Scarlet, but it's about um, a drama class in an English school trying to rehearse their version of it and kind of getting pulled into the mystery of the murder and, and taking on the different roles. Um, but it sort of looks about... <sighs> So there's one guy, there's a girl called Scarlet who becomes the Sherlock Holmes character. And then some of the boys in the class going, well, why does she get to be the detective? She can't be the detective. She's a girl. Um, and we all know that I'm a sucker for that kind of motif in a book. Um, and it's just, it's a really cleverly done book. The art is by um, a guy called Russell Mark Olson, who, if you don't know his work, you really need to look his work up. He's published a few things he's a uk based artist but he's originally from i want to say st louis um super nice guy met him at a couple of cons really really lovely but his art style is is just absolutely amazing and yeah. the framing the, the just the framing of some of the panels in here um mm. one of the school children at one point is trying to explain a scene using chess pieces so he's talking about horse and carriage and he's making it with chess pieces it's just it's brilliant and it's all done in uh, black, white and red because it's a study in Scarlet. So those are my five picks. Mm. Oh. Nicely varied, Sarah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. These are all so good. These are all so good. This is driving me up a wall. Um, boy. All right. <laughs> you want me to go then while you're going up the wall? Yeah, sure. Go okay. ahead, Bob. Well, as Sarah mentioned, one of the DC Young Readers books, and I did earlier, I will mention two of them right away. Diana, Princess of the Amazons by Shannon Hale and Dean Hale, and art by Victoria Ying. It's a young Diana who's trying to grow up on an island of all these incredible women and finds herself left behind a little bit. Taking a cue from her own origin story, creates a playmate for herself out of clay. This doesn't go quite as well as you think, and I won't spoil where this happens, but she is always still, you can see in, in Diana, the Wonder Woman she'll be, but she's also a little girl who makes some mistakes, and it's just absolutely lovely. And also Lois Lane and the Friendship Challenge, which Carolyn brought to our attention some weeks back, which is by Grace Ellis, illustrated by Brittany Williams. As with the Wonder Woman book, you get to see the lowest lane you know, but as as a teenage girl getting ready to be that lowest. Great, great story. Going completely in the other direction, it is Dracula Mother Bleep by Alex, Alex DeCampi and Erica Henderson. A, a, a 
incredibly insane looking book by Ms. Henderson. Never seen her art look like this before. The color palettes, the layouts, just another step upwards in her work. And Mr. Campy's story is off the charts, loopy 70s black exploitation horror movie. Grim, gruesome, and hysterical all at the same time. In the horror vein, Lon Chaney Speaks by Pat Dorian, a graphic biography of the man of a thousand faces from the silent movie days that doesn't pull any punches on some of the bad things that went on in his life, and there were some. Finally, Ryan North adapted Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five in one of the most stunning things I've seen in a long time. It's a book that should be impossible to adapt into a comic book. And yet he and Albert Montes absolutely nailed it. Loved, loved that book. So those, those are my five. That's a good list right there. That's two good lists. That's three good lists. (laughs) What do you got, Steve? Don't let us down, Steve. Diana. Princess I got of the Diana, Amazon. Princess of Amazons, Lois Lane, Dracula the Mother. Junk, Mother, right? Lon Chaney speaks and Slaughterhouse Five. That's the one I missed. Lon Chaney. Okay. Boy. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna have a couple of repeats here. Ooh, Ooh that'll make it somewhat easier. But, yeah, this is gonna be a tough one. Otherwise, Steve, go for it. Uh, so, okay, so my, I got five, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Slaughterhouse Five, or The Children's Crusade, Dracula, motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks for saying it. I couldn't. Yep. Uh, Blue and Green. You knew it was coming. Yep. I can, I can go on <laughs> if you need me to, but. Sarah's like, yes, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I is there collusion? Is there collusion fine. again this year? No, mm. because this is this is by the person that we spoke about last time, who I don't particularly rate as a writer, so he didn't make it onto the breakthrough writer list. this is no this is Steve's moment. Yeah. This is Steve's moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Steve. This is supposed to be about positivity. Love Remind you. Remind everybody. <laughs> um, okay, so so Dracula, Slaughterhouse, Blue and Green. Shadow of the Batgirl. That was this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Shadow of the Batgirl and Dragon Hoops. Hell okay. yes, Dragon Hoops. And those are those are my my noms. So is this the moment where Aaron picks the five he wants to back, or is this okay. the moment where we yell at each other and then Aaron swoops in at the end and is like, "Nope, here we go." <laughs> so let me let me ask two things. So okay, Joey, I got impending blindness. Of Billy Scott, pulp, dragon hoops, the magic fish, and what else? Um, pulp, heavy vinyl, <laughs> heavy vinyl, Y two K O. Right. Okay. So then, Sarah, I got eat and love yourself. Juliet takes a breath. Bog bodies. Mister Doyle's class. Blah blah blah. And what else? Victor and uh, Nora. Victor and Nora, a Gotham love story. Gotcha. And this is a ten. Uh, selection category, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, what do we have? What do we have double votes for so far? Dragon Hoops, Slaughterhouse Five, and Dracula. I think it's safe to say that we could put those three on the list. Yes. I think those three are absolutes on the list. I also want to say, 
to Sarah's point, I think eat and love yourself I'd go with is that. is one of the things that should be on this list. And I know we're still deliberating, but I think I think that's one that that will end up getting. Yeah, I have actually a number of Sarahs that I would love to see on this list, at least three of them. Okay, I I will also just say that I would very much like the impending blindness of Billy Scott to be yes. on here. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of because, mine for Joey too. Yeah, that that is a very very powerful book, and it has been talked about a lot this year, and I think it should continue to be talked about. I think it'll be this year's waves. Oh, waves! Yeah, killer. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so far, so, so drag, uh, dragon hoops, slaughterhouse. What was the third? Dracula. Dracula. Dracula okay. Eat and love yourself. Impending blindness of Billy Scott. Are we saying? I'm, I'm for both of those. Absolutely. I would. What does, what does Aaron think at this point? I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm comparing the <laughs> list. I'm literally um, looking at all four also, lists. If also, if I could just throw, uh, some weight behind one of Sarah's other picks because not only did you speak so highly of it, but I would really, really love um, an excuse to pick this book up and check it out. But uh, Juliet takes a breath. Sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, The final thing that I will say about this book is that it's that good that I've bought a copy for Bella for Christmas, because I think it's important that she reads it. So to me, that's the sign of a good book. The other thing is it's 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 funny because that book is literally downloaded to my iPad and I just didn't get to it before today. And I'm really bummed about it because Gabby Rivera is someone we've talked about on the show yeah. so many times over the last two and a half years or so, starting with America, right? Yeah. And uh, into BB Free, which mm. kind of fell off this year. Yeah. We didn't really get any more issues, which is a bummer. So when I saw Julia Takes a Breath, I was like, awesome, let me get some more Gabby Rivera. Uh, but also- I just didn't get a chance to read it. Also, the artwork is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at some of the pages. And it's so it's so representative of queer bodies and female bodies and non-binary bodies. And it's not this is gonna sound terrible, it's not just full of skinny white women. Mm. Um and I really appreciate that fact. And there is a skinny white woman in there and she's not the greatest, Um, but it just, it's real people and it's, it's representative of, it kind of goes back to um, what Aaron was saying on the last show about um, Kerry Randolph and it's not just a white person with a different color on them. Does that make sense? Yes. It's, and yeah, and it's awesome. And oh my God, so many hair goals. Like the hairstyles in this book, I need them all. All right, yeah. sorry. <laughs> let me um, let me just interject here real quick. I think that before we add anything to this list or or cement any of these others, we should hear Aaron's uh, nominations to see if he tips any of the things before we start adding to to the list. So I feel like okay. So here's the ones that I've got that I'm li- looking at that have multiple. That looks like they're already going to be on the list, or at least have multiple votes. And let me know if I got this right. So, Dragon Hoops, uh, Dracula Mother Sucker, <laughs> <laughs> Slaughterhouse Five. Did I get that right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, there's another one. Where's my little asterisk? I can't see my little asterisk. Where did it go? Oh, Impending Blindness of Billy Scott. Yeah, that- and uh, Eat and Love, Love yourself, yourself was another that we were there considering as well. Yeah. So, I was going to. 
throw in with um, Dragon Hoops because I think it's already something that I was probably going to look at anyway, based on what everyone's been saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Sarah's impassioned statement about eat and love yourself. So I think I might throw in with that one. Okay. Um, and then, ooh, um, oh crap. Um, all right. So there's one, there's two that I'm looking at. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) One of us. One of us. Now you know what it feels like. One of us. (laughs) If it makes anything easier, I love heavy vinyl Y2KO. I don't think it's one that's going to reach into where a lot of these other books are Mm -hmm. occupying in terms of just the thematic weight and the stylistic weight of them. Heavy vinyl, for me at least, was kind of a, a bit of a return to a franchise I really loved. Um, right. And it was a great kind of iteration of these characters that I really enjoyed. But looking at the rest of these nominations, I think there are other books that will end up on this list and should end up on this list um, just because of what they represent and, and, and mean uh, and stylistically mm. as well that I, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with heavy vinyl kind of leaving the conversation. Okay. Um, by that same token, I could see, of of my my nominations, I could probably see Shadow of the Batgirl go. Um, it, I didn't seem I didn't I didn't hear literally a pin drop when I had, when I had that. Yeah, Bob Bob mentioned it with the special recognition. So that's you true, know, and that's that's my other point is that we've we've already had an opportunity to kind of honor that title alongside you know all of the others that have just been amazing from, from that line and from DC's efforts this year to put those books out and how many they put out. We have four well. that we have four of them on our lists right here. Yeah. Cause they're so good. <laughs> yeah. So right. following so, on from that, I will take Victor and Nora away and okay. I'm going to do something controversial here and you're not going to see it coming folks. I know what's coming. You can't fool me. You go ahead. Say it. Say the two colors. I will. <laughs> I will put I will put a vote behind blue and green. Yeah, I knew that. Steve, Steve <gasps> talked about it. Steve talked about it on the show, and he was so enthusiastic about it, and he was so happy with the book, and and he just yeah, he just like the way that he talked about it made me go. Actually, I do kind of want to read this now, even though you know <laughs> I got opinions. Um, so I will I will remove Victor and Nora, and I will put a little token behind blue and green. I want to spoil that book for everybody to talk about it so badly. There is an aspect about the story that I have never come across before that made it entirely unique by the time that I was done with it. And and for, for the horror genre, it's it takes a lot for me to be surprised by by that stuff and that really put me on my ass when i realized what was going on toward the end of that book all right got, anyway okay. back to aaron list. i got my list i got my list all right go ahead man all right dragon hoops eat and love impending blindness dracula mother sucker <laughs> <laughs> and pulp I like Pulp for this list as well. That that's a fine book right there. We got ten spots. 
One, two, three, four. So if I'm looking at this correctly, we have kind of locked in. Nothing's really locked in, but like we got Dragon Hoops, Slaughterhouse Five, Dracula, Mother Ducker, Eat and Love Yourself, <laughs> Impending Blindness of Billy Scott, Juliet Takes a Breath, Blue and Green, Pulp. Yeah. That's eight. That's eight. All right, good. Okay. I was hoping that I did it right so that blue and green stayed on the list. Okay, good. I feel better now. Okay. Now, I know not everyone is into reading about silent movie stars. And I did get lucky in previous years with giraffes on horseback salad, and everyone did seem to enjoy that. But I am willing so to good. pull away from Lon Chaney Speaks only because I think it speaks to a select audience, but I want to make sure it got mentioned. I will still pick that up and read that. You'll, over I the think next couple of weeks. I think you'll you'll enjoy it. The cartooning style on it is really wonderful. Yeah. I yeah. honestly, after after Horseback Salad Bob, I wouldn't doubt anything. Okay. That, that book was so enjoyable, so zany, and so interesting in the way that it blended real events and then realizing the movie that never was or whatever in the comic book format. It was a really, really awesome experiment that I think went very, very well, and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly last oh, year. It was thank you, fantastic. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Pat Dorian's cartooning style. As you talk about Joey, it's very nineteen twenties and thirties ish. It's the kind of illustration that would have been in the New Yorker back in the day. So that is, it is one of its its high points. But again, it I think it is rather specific. So if it's not going to get support, I don't mind pulling it away. That said. I would double down on Diana, Princess of the Amazons. In a year, okay. in a in a year where we didn't get to see the movie we were supposed to see, or may not, except on television at home. In a year where the Wonder Woman main series was virtually unreadable, to have Shannon and, and Dean Hale, who did such a great job on the prose novels about Squirrel Girl, completely understood this character, took it back to her original birth story and gave us a, a nice parable about growing up and what it is like when your parents are busy and you've got to come up with something on your own. Doesn't always work out well. I just love this. I've already given this as I think three or four gifts to people. Mm-hmm. Just to, just to clarify what is still kind of out in the ether right now in terms of the books that we're talking about. Um, Magic fish, uh, bog bodies, Mr. Doyle's class presents a study in Scarlet. Uh, Steve, you pulled away from Shadow of the Batgirl. Yeah, I'm going to pull away from Shadow. Um, oh man, I know what I. Like. So then we got Diana, Diana, Princess of Princess of the Amazons, Princess and of the Lois Amazons. Lane and the Friendship Challenge. Mm-hmm. And I'm- we also have the uh, Mr. Doyle's Bobbity Blah oh. study in Scarlet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Vict- and Victor and Nora, right? No, I pulled Victor and Nora. Okay. The blue and green. All right. Do we want I to mean, go-, go ahead, Bob? No, it was Joey going. Oh, yeah. Joey. I-, I was just going to say, like, if, if if any of the DC books are to get onto this list, uh, even with the special recognition at the top, I like Diana, Princess of the Amazons, for it. I think if we had to choose one from the list, um, to be frank, like I've already had a few of mine get onto this list or at least are in, in serious deliberation for them. So I love magic fish. I think magic fish is an amazing graphic novel, especially a debut graphic novel from, from, um, uh, Trung Lin Nguyen. Um, but I'm, I don't necessarily need to fight for it because I think there's some others in the conversation that 
or haven't necessarily okay. been talked about that um, we, we ought to talk about too. So if we're pu- if we if we set magic fish aside, we're at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. If we added Mr. Doyle's class presents a study in Scarlet and Diana Princess of the Amazons would give us ten. Okay, Ooh. if I have to choose between bog bodies and a study in Scarlet, I would choose bog bodies. Okay. I had a feeling you would. Okay. Just just because a study in Scarlet is a beautiful book, um, and it's so gorgeously rendered. But I think that everyone will get more from Bog Bodies. I think Bog Bodies has more to say. Study in Scarlet is designed for a young reader's audience. Like it is a children's book essentially, or a, uh, like a young reader book, not a children's book. What do you guys call it? Middle grade? I think it's a middle grade Mm -hmm. book. Um, But Bog Bodies does something very clever and the art is. On point. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's My, it's the arts by Gavin Fullerton with Rebecca Nalty and Clayton Cowles and you you feel the oppressiveness of that bog and you feel the the fear when you're running through the trees with the character and I'm trying really hard not to give anything away mm-hmm. but yeah. if I was if I was going to pick one of those two books for it go much as I love Mr Doyle's I would go with Bog Bodies out of those two it makes me not want to visit them bogs tell you <laughs> tell you that much man like it is a for like a crime book like in the same vein of like a pulp you know like it makes that environment that setting genuinely terrifying do you do you not want to go and see the bodies in the Dublin Museum that are like preserved from eight hundred <laughs> years ago, Joey? No, absolutely not. Especially after reading Declan Shelby's wonderful bog bodies. <laughs> so, so what happened walk- to pulp? It's on the list. Oh, it is on the, on the list. list. Do you want to walk this one through, Steve, or do you want me to? Yeah, please, please. Okay, set on the list definitely. Dragon Hoops, Slaughterhouse Five, Dracula, Mother Trucker. <laughs> we're, we're gonna do every variation this yep. weekend mother fluffer okay mother pucker <laughs> mother smuckers i don't know we then have pretty much set in stone eat and love yourself impending blindness of billy scott juliet takes a breath pulp blue and green bog like bodies it. diana princess of the amazons I like it. it out. I like it. That's a good list. It's all over that the place. Good I list. love it. And there are books that like I have tried desperately in the last week to get to or find and it just I couldn't. And I'm really bummed because I think as we talk about every year, like graphic novels, particularly starting in middle grade all the way up through, you know, some of the some of the heavier stuff that we read, like it is just a booming market and there are so many books. Um, Mm. But I think in terms of the ones that we've talked about on the show, on the ones that have had an emotional impact on, 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 as we've read them, I think these are the ones that resonated with us this year. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I am very comfortable with this. Are we going to lock it in and have Bob read the list? Let's give it to Aaron. Is Aaron going to lock it in? I'll lock it in. Lock it in. Lock it in. All right. Lock it in. Efficient, efficient this round. Yeah, we haven't had a Joey lock it in special yet. Is, are you holding it? Are you saving it in reserve? Oh, it's it's, it's coming. It's coming. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna really roll the L. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Bob, why don't you give us the final final list? Our top ten for graphic novels for 2020. Blue and Green, Bog Bodies, Dracula Mother Fluffer. We'll go with that one. Dragon (laughs) Hoops, Eat and Love Yourself. I forgot Diana Prince's The Amazons. It's on the wrong list. (laughs) Sorry about that. We have The Impending Blindness of Billy Scott. Juliet Takes a Breath. Pulp. Slaughterhouse Five. The graphic novel list is always so good. Yeah. It's always so good. You always have wonderfully emotional things, fun things, crazy things. Good list. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do read Magic Fish, though. It is a beautiful, beautiful debut from Lenoin. Yeah, my my pick up and read list uh, this holiday is going to be immense. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to our final category of oh, uh, of the. Of this episode, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and then we got my special mention uh, coming up to. To close out the show. So, best story arc. I'll be first. <laughs> Joey wants to be first. <laughs> All right, Joey, go ahead. Excel Swift! Thank you! Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, and my second nomination is Excel Swift! <laughs> Joey, what might your third nomination be? Joker War! Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my nominations are X of Swords, Joker War, and uh, Joker War and Batman, obviously. And uh, my third nomination is actually something that probably won't carry through, but um, I read and really loved, which was the Atlantis Attacks um, miniseries that kind of built out of New Agents of Atlas. So Greg Pak did essentially 10 issues there with New Agents of Atlas and Atlantis Attacks, where he explored... Um, the New Agents of Atlas, you know, Amadeus Cho, uh, basically basically all of these Asian heroes um, interacting with this new country called Pan, which connected all of these Asian countries around the world, which then built into Atlantis Attacks, where King Namor is like, bro, what? And they all fight, and it's wonderful. So those would be my three, um, but obviously my weight is fully and 1,000 billion percent behind X of Swords. <laughs> All right, Excellent. can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Aaron, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I really want to see how you guys how you guys perceive this because I literally have these three down. First is X Men X of Swords. Mm-hmm. Next, Marauders X of Swords. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Excalibur X of Swords. I'd say there's so X of Swords. <laughs> I'd say it's one. Not, I think that's actually one story arc. But you can have all. Yeah. You can have three if you'd like them. I. I do have two others, just in case. I would read the other two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miles Morales, Spider Man, Outlawed. Okay. And FF Emp- the Empire arc. Ooh, bold. Yeah. Just the FF part. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the. I think the Marauders and what was your other one? Excalibur. 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 I think that 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 falls into the X of Swords stuff. I don't. I don't know that you can nominate entire series as. I didn't. I didn't say Hellions or. (laughs) Um, It's just those three. 
I think it's X of Swords. That would be the yeah. Name. And it gets yeah. you the other <laughs> two on the list. That's yeah. I'm with that. Let me ask you all a question because I gotta I gotta make a decision here, uh, and I know it shows up in other categories, so I'm fine to yeah. have to drop it if it doesn't work out. But does Superman? Steve, nice? my advice to you would be vote for X of Swords. Would be my <laughs> advice to you, Joey. Joey, who do you who do you think you're talking to here? Um, does Superman smashes the clan fall into story arc? It's a, it, yeah, I yeah. guess. But as a mini series, it's self contained. Self-contained, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right, so then I'm going to – I think I might wait to go. Sarah, why don't we hear your story arcs? Okay. Um, I have got John Constantine Hellblazer, issues number 7 to 12. They uh-huh. haven't actually said what the arc is called yet, but um, it's the unicorn mermaid fantasy bullshit. Um <laughs> And if they don't call the trade that now, I'm going to be really upset. Um, I, I'm i also going to go with Money Shot Volume 1, which is issues 1 to 5, um, just because it's like dodgy Star Trek porn and it cracks me up. Um, and I'm going to go with Deadpool 1 to 6, which is the King Deadpool arc. It's actually been released as a separate trade called King Deadpool, which makes it really difficult to file. Um, but yeah, that's my three. Oof. Okay. 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 Hmm. I like it. Um, we might have a, we'll see what happens with Constantine in just a few minutes. Uh, Aaron, what do you have for Aaron? Did, Aaron went already. Oh, oh I'm sorry. He did X of Swords I, I, three I times. Yeah, he voted for X of Swords. Sorry. Um, Bob. Deadpool. I called it King of, of Monster Island. Uh, I'm. With that completely, Kelly Thompson has me reading a character I don't really care about at all, and it is hysterical, heartfelt, goofy, and Chris Bocciolo's art was nuts. Just absolutely nuts. You get that guy to draw monsters. If you remember his Doctor Strange run, just craziness. Mm. So Deadpool is on my list, as is Fantastic Four Empire, Aaron. (laughs) From the zero issue through the aftermath it was very, very readable. You didn't even have to read the Empire event to get what was going on, and you, you blended the outer space conflict war stuff with what was going on here with the kids and the substitute FF and all the rest of the regular cast of characters. So absolutely love that. And as I spoke of before, Pretty Deadly the Rat. Just a stunning piece of work that needs to, to quote Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, attention must be paid. Mm. Yeah, oh I'm behind boy. FF. Wow, you can't just trot out Arthur Miller like that. I damn sure can, Mr. English <laughs> teacher. Ha ha, I did. <laughs> Not the ha ha. <laughs> so All right, me, Steve. I'm Big the only one left, here. huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I mean, X of Swords absolutely is uh, is on my list. I'm sorry, it's Swords. It's swords. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's really not. So, Sarah, I have on my list, I have um, John Constantine Hellblazer. I forgot to write down the damn issue uh, numbers. But uh, Britannia Rule the Waves is that two-issue two story with the mermaid. That's part of the second trade that's that's issue 7 through 12. Okay, so that's all being collected together? Um, as far as I know, yeah, that's, that's okay. going to be the second volume. All right, so we'll just call it Constantine Volume 2. Sound good? 
Sounds good to me. Okay. So I'm going to throw my weight behind X of Swords, Constantine Volume 2, and Pretty Deadly. Whoa! I, as much as I love, and I love all of the arcs of Pretty Deadly, the third one is my favorite. What about Joker War, man? Uh. We still have spots left. I just, as far as like what I feel the strongest for uh, of what's on this list, Pretty Deadly. And I think... X of Swords and Deadpool are already on the list. Mm-hmm. So is FF. Oh, so yes. is Constantine. Okay, okay so and we Const- got... And Constantine got and five. Pretty Deadly. We have five. Oh. Yeah. So Joker War's dead. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I had a problem. Remember when I was like, hey, don't say I never did nothing for you. And now here I am. I wasn't going to back film. Joker War. I had fun with Joker War, but but in comparison to what else is on this list, it, it doesn't it doesn't hang. Yeah, there. there there are a few. Bob, of, come I, on, there's a little kid with a mask with a hammer. He's just beating up a bunch of. Clowns I don't in the like the clown hunter. Or whatever. I'm not into that. I have that in my neighborhood. <laughs> you don't need to read the comic. <laughs> I, I want to see more see. done with that character. I, I think that that's a long term thing that'll eventually come around. But so far, I'm not. I'm not into that character. There's a couple of characters I'm not into in this run. Zombie Alfred, come on! Zombie Alfred broke my heart, man. You're tugging on the wrong strings. That was sad. I'm- <laughs> I miss Alfred so much. Well, I have a feeling that then this is going to be one of the few years of talking comics history that Batman does not appear in the Best of Awards. It wouldn't All be right. the first time that Batman has said. Well, well um, our, our listeners, our, our listeners have always brought him back, even when we didn't. So we have to sure. wait for the listener's voice to be heard. And don't get me wrong; I had lots of fun with Joker War. I was—I remember how jazzed I was when we were talking about that on the show. Absolutely, I just pretty deadly is. Yeah, it's, you, to, you, it's a powerhouse. Right, and you, you bring just together- know that I'm going to remember this, Steve. Write it down, man. Always, Joey, you petty, always, Joey. Joey, you could always file a lawsuit. I, I, I knew Petty Joey was coming. <laughs> yeah, good luck meeting me in court when we can't even cross the border. <laughs> Zoom so, court. court. I'm really, I'm really Anyway, happy. what's the list? Well, so I'm, far, uh, we're saying this because they're all from voting. It's Deadpool, King Deadpool, Fantastic Four, Empire, John Constantine, Volume 2, Pretty Deadly, The Rat, and X of Swords. I'm so happy. I'm I'm happy about X of Swords, but I'm really happy that FF Empire got on. That was a story where they finally gave us something to to do with the kids. That's why it really clicked for me. Yeah, I had a, um, I had a, Aaron, you didn't want to have uh, horticulture on here, X-Men Empire? (laughs) (laughs) The the X-Men Golden Girls. There were were a couple couple of other things that – the Black Widow ties that bind that we've started with was just amazing as well. Uh, Kelly Thompson's Captain Marvel accused. We introduced her sister to go with it. Mm-hmm. Some good, so a lot of good little arcs this year. This was a tough one for me. Hmm. For sure. All right. So we're, we're locking it in. We're, that's yep. it. We're, we're done. We're done. All you right. Want, do you Bob, want the official um, read? Yeah, give me the official list, and then I'll uh, I'll jump into my special mention. Okay, we have Deadpool, King Deadpool, Fantastic Four, Empire, John Constantine, Volume Two, Pretty Deadly, The Rat, 
X of Swords. Okay. Uh, did you want to read the other categories as well? Oh, I thought I was doing that after you, but okay. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, either way. How? How? Wh- whatever your preference is, boss. All right. Well, we'll save. We'll save it for the end, okay. I guess. Um. Yeah. All right. So I'll. Uh, I'll jump into my special mention. I don't have too many uh, flowery things to say, but uh, here goes nothing. So obviously this year for the awards, we did not have a best television series or best uh, film categories. And the reason for that is because the Hollywood and the, the television industry and the industry as a whole has been just rocked by the pandemic and productions have had to shutter. Theaters have had to close down. Some of them will not survive. Others are continuing to struggle. And it's been really, really tough. It's been tough to even release things that are done because you don't know whether or not it's the best business move for you and for your company and for the people that are working for you. Uh, But That being said, we did have a couple of things that were released that were highlights throughout the year. And um, now, obviously, I'm the one putting this together. So only I can only speak to the things that I've actually seen. I know that there are others and maybe we'll we'll toss some of them out there after I'm done. But uh, when it comes to movies, three things that like the only movies that really came out that stood out to me, uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah. came out this year, believe it or not, all the way, way back when. And just talk about a movie that is vibrant and attitudinal and it's fun and it rocks and it's, it's violent and it's colorful and it's all of those things. And it is just a breath of fresh air in the, in the DCU. And I, it's my favorite of any of their films that they've made so far. And I've seen it multiple times throughout the year. It always puts a smile on my face. And when I think about the on-screen chemistry of all of the actors and just how zany it was, the scenes with the, the egg sandwich will are forever burned in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I've been there when I've, I've made like a really crazy meal and then I do something stupid and I drop it on the floor and you just know. So anyway, uh, and great, great forward movement for the Harley Quinn character uh, by Margot Robbie. I don't know what we can expect from James Gunn's suicide squad when she appears in that uh, I am glad to have a movie, though, where she gets to kind of sever ties and cut loose and rock the girl power and just be Harley uh, as as she wants to be. And so Birds of Prey, tons of fun. Uh, another standout from this year actually comes by way of Netflix, and that's The Old Guard yes. with, uh, oh, man. The Old Guard, not only is The Old Guard incredible, um, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have IMDb open. I should have written all the, the creators down for this. But um, this is based off of the Greg Rucka series that came out a few years back, uh, starring Charlize Theron, a series of other talented people. And not only does this movie kick ass and kind of breathe uh, 
a breath of fresh air into maybe some things that have been done before that we've seen before as far as like eternal warriors and whatnot, but it also has one of the most powerful scenes of the whole year in the, my boyfriend scene that was expressly needed to be in that movie. That scene crippled me. Yep. And it was so powerful and so good and in a movie that has several standout moments, that took the cake. And it was so refreshing to see and very heartening that they worked as hard as they did to make sure that it was in there, to have it be as impactful as it is, I, I think is a is a really, really just an awesome achievement. Uh, and the last one, look, it feels a little bit like a 90s movie, but I'll vouch for it because damn, do I love Vin Diesel and I think the movie looks damn good. I did not expect the effects to be what they are. I did not expect for the cinematography to be what it is. Bloodshot. Valiant's Bloodshot. I don't know if it's going to it's gonna set the world on fire or start a Valiant universe. They are apparently making another a sequel to this, which I'll also be there for. But I kind of loved this movie. I've I've watched it a few times since it came out. It's dumb. It's fun. It's like it's not gonna it's not gonna change your world in any way. But I don't always need movies to do that. And and I found this to be a good popcorn piece. And and I thought it was I thought it was a good time. That was a good time. Uh, as far as television shows, I'm not gonna spend as much time on this stuff. But uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina season through or part three as they call it, I thought was a lot of fun getting into some of the more Lovecraftian aspects of that series. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do and how they wrap it up in the new year. Harley Quinn. I finally, finally sat down with Bronwyn and we watched Harley Quinn. The most fun that I've had watching an animated series, uh, a DC animated anything since Batman, the animated series all the way back in the day, top to bottom, hilarious, heartfelt and and just positively off the wall super loved it uh a kind of a sleeper fun series that they are making uh it did get renewed for another season and i would totally be down for it is warrior nun on netflix uh, based off of an indie series and not like not bad like again solid effects uh Made some some pushes for representation with uh, with a character or two in the show that I found to be uh, very respectful and enjoyable, and just a, a weird like oh look at this bizarre trailer let's uh, let's give this an episode and then just totally getting hooked by it and and watching it to the end a little cheesy uh, it's not going to be for everybody but it is it is definitely a lot of fun uh, if you've got some spare time during the pandemic go and check it out. And uh, last but not least, on the television front for me is the second season of The Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Yeah, which as much as I enjoyed that first season, and I think it's fantastic, second season blew me away. Kind of this wacky period piece, time jumping around, playing with the JFK assassination, and just doing all of the things that that show does so well and adding some really compelling kind of family and relationship drama and just the way that they brought all of those characters back together for a common cause by the end of that season, I thought was exceptional. And I, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. 
And uh, last but not least, I just want to give two quick mentions to uh, some video games that came out this year. And uh, one being Spider-Man Miles Morales, an absolutely stunning follow-up to uh, Sony and Marvel's Spider-Man that came out the year previous or maybe the year before. Can't exactly remember. But uh, really, really awesome platform for Miles bringing him to the forefront, making him an equal to Spider-Man, and then being given the keys to Harlem. Absolutely loved the boots on the ground stuff with Miles, him getting in with the people, getting to know the city, and featuring his family, his friends, and at the core of the game, a really, really compelling and kind of heartbreaking campaign where Miles is having to go up against people that he loves. And having the the finale of this this game pre, be pretty devastating, and I think that it was all handled really well and and told in a very fun and entertaining way. Uh, the game was a little bit buggy at times, but it, it never took away from the experience at all. Speaking of buggy and speaking of experiences, I want to pay special mention to Marvel's Avengers campaign mode only. <laughs> the Kamala Khan story, her being at the center of Marvel's Avengers, I thought was just spectacular. They got, they nailed the character, the, the all of them, really, not just Kamala, but all of them, and the the infighting and the the stakes. I could have done with a better villain. I could have dealt with a lot less robots, but. Honestly, whenever we came back to the team, whenever we weren't doing side missions and got back to the heart of that game, it was wholly enjoyable in a way that I really, really wish that it was just a single player experience only. And that maybe Crystal Dynamics did what they did best and weren't pressured into making this a live long term game, because honestly, I think that's what killed it. Because the after the after campaign stuff is just not very much fun, and uh, the game is struggling. It has not made its budget back. Uh, Kate Bishop was released this past week. I have yet to download it, even though I totally will. And they're in the hole right now because this game did not turn out to be what it was. But for all of its flaws, I will say that if you can catch it on a sale, upon which I think there have been many, because they're trying to recoup their losses. It is absolutely worth playing for the campaign, uh, without a doubt. If you enjoy these characters, if you want to see Kamala Khan in the spotlight, acting like herself and doing her thing with all kinds of cool Easter eggs, uh, you know, positioned throughout the story. Excuse me. That this is this is something you're going to want to play. So there you go. There is your your brief year in media. Uh, I know that I'm missing some things. Uh, I did not finish the boys and uh, a few other things that come out as far as like the Arrowverse. Uh, um, I just, I don't tune in for the CW stuff. I know that a lot of people enjoy that and things like Titans as well, but um, you know, solid year for, for media and stuff. Maybe not so much on the movie front uh, just because there were very few, but uh, television certainly had a really good run. Yeah. Mm. I'm very glad you came. The boys down. is great. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joey. I was just going to say the boys is great. Um, does things that 
you you do not expect with that show. I was talking about Immortal Hulk before and how like every page of that, I'm like, oh my God, boys is exactly the same way. Like every scene, I'm like, oh my God, can they do that? So that was <laughs> insanely shocking, that entire run. Birds of Prey, highlight of the year for me, continues yes. to be the highlight of the year for me. Bloodshot, fun fact, is one of the last things I saw in the theaters before uh, before they shut down. I, too, have not yet downloaded the Kate Bishop um, arc in Avengers. I am very, very, very much looking forward to it. I mean, if anything, COVID did rock everything in terms of, of media adaptations of, of all of our favorite franchises and such. But as we talked about a couple of weeks ago on that special edition, um, the future is looking bright uh, for for kind of media adaptations of all of our favorite characters and such. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of stuff in the works and lots of stuff in the can that we just, you know, didn't get to this year because everything has been so up in the air, but it- oh, wait, uh, wonder woman is dropping two days after this episode on HBO max and on demand. Oh, yes. It was amazing. I've uh, incredible. Just as good as birds of prey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously we haven't seen it yet, but we will. And it's coming to Canada now, so we can actually watch it legitimately. So yay. Yay. Steve, I was not looking looking forward to going back to my old ways. Oh, I still want to, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's a uh, it's a scary proposition until they sort some things out. I'm very happy you yeah. came around on the Harley Quinn animated show. Oh, it's it's incredible. So good. Yeah. It's incredible. I I I love I, I love the first season. The second season took a little bit of uh, warming up for me, but I it's one of those things that I am ecstatic about getting a third season, and I'm so happy it's continuing, but I also would have been perfectly okay with the way that it ended at the end of season two. I thought they did it very smartly, and it, it landed on the note that I wanted it to. And, and I was cool with letting it go, but then we found out that there's going to be more of it. And I just opened my arms yeah. and I said, give it to me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody was right. Everybody that said, give it another chance, go back and watch it. Uh, I it, It's become one of my favorite things from DC Animated uh, ever. Uh, I just, so much fun. It just showed me the first episode from the first season. It just took two minutes of of this ridiculously profane and violent and yet perfectly on model to what Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti had done with Harley. Yeah. It's just, just amazing. The sweary stuff is what really threw me. It, it struck me a little bit as, <laughs> as try hard in the beginning. And I was like, Oh man, like now that we've given, you know, these, these studios or at least DC has the, the chance to do this R rated stuff. Like, are we just going to pack all the dialogue with F words? And like, I'm not so into that. And then, you know, obviously gave it another shot and kind of knew what I was going into. And it just, it just landed much, much better for me the second time around. I know you so. you do much of the CW stuff. I loved Stargirl. Yeah, I, I I regret not being not not seeing that. It, and we're coming into the second season where they're going to be introducing Jakeem Thunder, and the whole Eclipso is going to show up. They're going deep into DC history. The first season is really closely tied to what Jeff Johns did when he first created the character, and it is in in the way that Harley is all those other things. This is a slice of life Middle America 
with superhero stuff with kids that act like real kids, which means they make mistakes, which means they are oblivious and self-centered and do dopey stuff. Don't go down that hallway where the villains are. They don't know any better yet. But by the end of a season, there's a there's another family having been formed beyond the family that was centered on in the book and in, in the show. Really loved it. Can't wait to see more coming soon, early next year. Awesome. Yay. All right. So that's my uh, little spot. Unless anybody else wants to bring any uh, shows or movies to the table. I think we, nope, nope. we covered a bunch. What's that, Sarah? I was saying no, because you already covered like basically everything that I've watched this year, which was all great. Okay. <laughs> um, like I know I've been missing out on Legends of Tomorrow and uh, I just don't have access to this stuff. Uh, some of this stuff doesn't come to Canada or if it does, I don't know how to grab it. Anyway, uh, also time. My God. All right. I think that's it. Does anybody have any uh, closing statements? I have a Happy closing Christmas. statement. Oh, do you? Just. I do. Just a really, really quick one. Um, just okay. to say, obviously, it is two days before Christmas at this point, and um, this year has been like super crazy. And some people are in lockdown, and some people aren't in lockdown. And I will be on my own on Christmas Day. I'm 100% fine with that. This is not like some please be my friend kind of thing. Um, it's my choice to be on my own on Christmas Day. But if is that if there is anyone out there who is on their own and doesn't want to be, you can always contact me through social media. Um, if you want to have a chat with someone on Christmas Day, then, you know, get in touch. I will be around. I've got many Zoom calls booked in already um, because apparently I'm not allowed to be alone at Christmas. Um, but like in all seriousness, if Christmas is tough for you and you're on your own or you're not on your own, but you're in a situation that you find difficult and you want to talk to someone, just give me a shout. Lovely. Lovely. Very nice. All right, Mr. Bob, would you like to read the categories that we've, or the nominees that we've landed on one more time before we get out of here? Certainly. For best ongoing series, Black Magic, Fantastic Four, John Constantine, Hellblazer, Once in Future, Something's Killing the Children. For best original graphic novel, Dragon Hoops, Slaughterhouse Five, Dracula, Mother Lucker, Eat and Love Yourself, <laughs> Impending Blindness of Billy Scott, Julia Takes a Breath, Pulp, Blue and Green, Bog Bodies, and Diana, Princess of the Amazons. Oh, damn. For best story arc, we have Deadpool, King Deadpool, Fantastic Four, Empire, John Constantine, Volume 2, Pretty Deadly, The Rat, X of Swords. That's wild. Wow. Ah, I like it. I like it. How are you feeling, Aaron? You feeling good? I'm feeling good. A feeling lot good? of reading, but I'm feeling good. So far, I'm keeping track of everything that I was sort of backing, even if I didn't yeah. um, speak of it, that got on the list. And I'm feeling pretty good about what I'm, uh, how I'm representing. <laughs> okay. Anybody have anything else before I read the thing? Do nope. the thing. Nope. Do the thing. All right. We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. We are also on Twitter, at Talking Comics. We've also got talkingcomicbooks.com, where you can find reviews and features from our fantastic contributors. If you like this podcast, be sure to go and check out ladiesofvalhalla.com, where you can catch Sarah, Jess, and Bronwyn 
for the Ladies of Valhalla podcast. We'd also like to recommend Jeremy Whitley's Progressively Horrified podcast, where Jeremy and his co-hosts Chris and Ben and their lovely guests discuss movies, TV shows, comics, books, art, and anything from the horror genre through a progressive lens. You can find all of us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever your favorite podcasts are available. I'll also add that if you would like to leave us reviews on your favorite podcast apps, that would be amazing. I have not checked for reviews in a long time, and I have no idea where we are in the standings, but uh, it's the holidays, and if you like us, it sure would be nice if you could drop us a positive review, uh, if you'd be so kind. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned email, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Joey? I'll be watching Christmas Story for the next 48 hours. Uh, and at Joey Pacino. Sarah? I am at Geek Country Lady everywhere that media is social. And Aaron? Reviewing my life choices. <laughs> at Aaron J. Amos. Jessica is at Jarska for all the things. Bronwyn is at Shiny Baby B. And I am at dead underscore anchorus. So for Bob. Happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating. For Joey. Adios, everybody. For Sarah. See you next time. For Aaron. Jesus, take the wheel. Are we almost done? (laughs) (laughs) One more. One more to go. One more to go. Uh, Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening. Happy holidays. Please stay safe. Make sound decisions. And uh, get ready for a new year, because it's it's coming. It's coming up real fast, and I think we're all looking forward to it. Uh, be excellent to each other, and until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued. They're, they're, they're UK based um, mm-hmm. and they have um, they have a lot of kind of franchise stuff that they do um, their Blade Runner stuff is crazy I can't wait to get back to London I'm avoiding London like the plague at the moment pun intended well, I mean, <laughs> you know I mean you know when, I, when it's not likely I'll die there I'm saying but, you know. all right I'm ready I'm ready Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. <sighs> I don't know what that was. There was a lot of noise. Drinking my shake, man. I'm hungry. It was like a right, 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 right. It's got a, it's got a little shaker thing, and it's got a little like tin ball thing that floats around. Anyway, I can do that right. too. I have one. I can do that too, but it's called my skull. Ah, <laughs> mine sounds like hello. This.